Welcome to Splainin', the podcast where two guys explain things to each other that they should know, but don't. I'm Jeff Sims. And I'm Evan Smith. And guess what? We are dancing, and welcome to our newest episode. And welcome to you, Jeffrey. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you, indeed. Um, It's so exciting to be here. Uh, I've really wanted to be a guest on this podcast for as long as I can remember. Yes, uh, we got annoyed with you emailing us, so we just (laughs) thought it was easier just to bring you onto the episode than it would be to uh, not. That was my intent, and I'm glad it finally worked. (laughs) It worked very well. Um, I am feeling great. Argue. Yes. Tell me why. Surprise. <laughs> well, no, it's, it's not. There's no reason why I'm feeling great. It's just a surprise because last night I suffered for the first time in my life, and I don't know if you've ever had this problem, insomnia. Yeah. Is it called insomnia if it's not like? Um, I think insomnia is the chronic. Yeah, that's what I mean. If it's not chronic. Yeah. Well, I suffered a, a night of sleeplessness, more or less. Interesting. Which doesn't happen to me because no. with two small children, you sleep you, as much as you can whenever yeah, when, you can. You're tired when you go to bed. Yeah, you're your like, body is just like, oh, it's time to sleep. Yeah. So we started watching Snowpiercer, which is a great time. Is it? David Diggs is in it from Hamilton. Oh, he is great. He's like the lead guy. Uh, yeah, it's really cool. Premise, everybody, it's like post, post-apocalyptic, dystopian sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And everybody's on a train that okay. has like a thousand cars. Okay. And Are there has- two tra- trolley tracks and you have to choose between five? <laughs> <laughs> no. No, far more complicated. Great. Everyone who's alive is on the train. It's Excellent. like negative 117 degrees everywhere on Earth, and the train can't stop. The train is going around the Earth. Oh, my God. But it's like super class systems. Like the people at the back are called tailies, and they're like tr- <laughs> they're like treated like actual dirt. Like they can't reproduce. They can't like... Oh, it's wow. Great. Like it's really intense, but it's great. Wow. Um, I've only one episode in, and it's fantastic. Great. Anyway, we watched that until... We watched two episodes, actually, until 1230. And I was like, okay, we got to go to sleep. Now it's 1230. Baby's going to be up. Mm-hmm. So then... Um, we tried, and or I tried. Tiffany went to sleep right away. Like, clockwork, that woman. And uh, I was like, mm, half an hour went by. I was like, I'm not that tired. So I just turned the TV back on. I was like, it's not the end of the world if I stay up till 1.30. No. Turned on um, uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Any good? Great time. Not as good as um, WandaVision. Cool. But still great. Nice. Um, yeah, they just feel like really long Avengers movies. Like, in a good way. Like, they don't feel like they're yeah, like, you yeah, gotta yeah, get them yeah, in yeah. in two hours. It's like, a, sure. it's a 10-hour Avengers movie. Well, I don't hate that. No. No. So, anyway, I watched that for an hour. So, it was like one thirty, two o'clock. And I was like, I'll try and go to sleep now. Oliver wakes up. Mm. Normally, Tiffany goes and gets Oliver in the morning, or the night. But I was like, I'm up. I'm, I'm up. She's asleep. This is a sin. Yes, I'm going down. go on. So, um, I went down, gave him a bottle, put him back to sleep, came back upstairs, tried to go to sleep for half an hour. Nutting. I wasn't even tired. Then... Turn the TV back on, watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine for an hour and a half. Four o'clock, I was like, okay, I'm going to lie here with my eyes closed until I fall asleep. And did you? And I did. For like three hours. I was up at seven, yeah. Woof. I had a cup of coffee. My first cup of coffee in like a year and a half. <laughs> and Evan boy, has did to it work. Jittering. Oh no. <laughs> uh, well, that's too bad, buddy. I feel bad for you. It's okay. I don't feel as bad as I thought I would feel. I hope that it doesn't happen tonight. No. Uh, last night, our um, our tenants got skipped to dishes at twelve thirty, okay. which is you know normal. Uh, but we were asleep in bed, and Benny was on the bed. The doorbell rang up here, up in our house, and the Benny went ape, jumped up. Oh, they went to the wrong door. Yeah, oh. and Catherine woke up, woke up, woke you hear up. me? She woke up, she jumped she up. Woke not. Uh, she woke up very startled, and 
didn't know what was happening, but instead just kept going, Jeff, there's someone breaking in. There's someone here. I was like, no, Catherine. Someone rang the doorbell. Yes. <laughs> but she was like half asleep, like in and right. out. And she was just like super startled. And then I got up and then I was like going to the front door in my underwear. And Benny was losing his marbles. So Benny was barking at the guy. And right. I was trying to like signal through the front glass of the pane, just like, being like downstairs. down. Yeah. So he goes, oh, I'll lay it down on the ground. I'm like, no, <laughs> down. The dog was barking and I was barking and Buddy was confused. It was a whole ordeal. Anyways, I got to bed after that, but everything was fine. Good to know. Yeah, so now that you guys know our sleeping patterns and behaviors. For the most part. For the most part. We won't tell you all the dirty details. No. Mm. Um, I have a fun correction for you. Please do. Now, again, not so much a correction, more so like a, we posed a question during the podcast, which I then went and looked up. Oh, good. I wonder if you did too. I probably did. Is it about the character you were trying to remember? Yes. Oh, I did it. Oh, well, it's not going to be exciting for you then. Why not? Because I did it anyways. Um, so you were looking for a character, who the guy who ties ladies to trains. Yes. And you said he was a Mountie. Yes. When you were correct. I know. You said his name had something to do with Dundee. Close. Close. Dudley Do-Right. Yeah. From Rocky and Bullwinkle. Yeah. And the guy who you said, you were like, whiplash, something whiplash, snidely. Yeah, Snidely Whiplash. Yeah, um, there was. A, remember the film, the live action movie with Brendan Fraser? Yes, so bad. Who's you... the actor of one of my other favorite rides in Universal Studios? The Mummy. The Mummy. George of the Jungle. George of the Jungle. Um, <laughs> yeah, and it, it also had um, Sarah, Sarah Jessica Parker was in it. Oh, did and, it actually? Yep. How unmemorable. And Alfred Molina, who's the guy who plays Doc Ock in the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man oh, movies. Oh, yeah, he's great. He played that um, evil guy. Yeah, he also. Um, was in Kimmy Schmidt, I believe, as the complacent teacher. Oh. Maybe, actually. Maybe. I think I may have, may, might have just made that up. You might have. Mm. Um, it was a huge failure at the box office, as I thought it was a fun fact. It grossed <laughs> less than $10 million against a $70 million budget. How embarrassing. <laughs> I was like, wolf buys. Yeah. Oh, well, that is bleak. Yeah, that's really I remember bleak. that ride so much because I went on it all of the time. And right. my favorite line, and it was always, at, I mean, obviously it's a recording, so it happens every time. Yeah. Um, was right when the ride lands and it ends and you're soaking wet. And once again, our Mountie proves he always gets his man. <laughs> but not always his woman. <laughs> it's just this uh, perfect thing. Anyways. Yeah. Uh, He's so a yes. total dipshit. Dudley do, right? Yeah. He's an idiot. He's an idiot. Yeah, I mean. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I thought you were like implying that like he's an asshole. It's like no, no, he's no, no, just no, stupid. he's very stupid. Like, yeah. like the cartoon is like him riding a horse backwards. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Um so yeah, actually, so I immediately went and corrected or looked that up. Leah actually wrote me and said the character you're looking for is Dudley Do Right. I was like, hilarious. And it's actually Universal Studios Islands of Adventure. It's not in Universal, it's in Islands. Ah, well done. Yes. Not that it really matters, but it matters to me. It matters to your wallet because you got to pay to go to the extra one, as I found out on our honeymoon when we went to Harry Potter World. Oh yeah, do you, you didn't get a, a, a park hopper? We did. We got whatever. Yeah, but it's twice as much money. Yeah, because it's two different parks. It's two different parks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's like we're like so okay, it's Universal we're... Studios and then Universal's Islands of Adventure. Because you got to take the Hogwarts Express over. You can, or you can just walk over. Yeah, well, like why a would you? Like a peasant? Yeah, <laughs> like a muggle. Like a muggle. <laughs> <laughs> like a dirty old muggle. <laughs> Squib. Funny. Uh, I have a correction. Okay. Um, in the interest of us mispronouncing things. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was a word that we had issues. Oh, a correction. I had issues um, pronouncing, and we debated it. Okay. T-E-L-E-O-L-O-G-Y. Oh, you kept saying tele. Teleology. Right. So I have a recording here. You shut up. Listen closely. 
teleology. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm an idiot. It is teleology. Yeah, that's all. Okay, great. I just found it funny that it was teleology. Teleology. <laughs> Tell you all about it. I tell my mom when I go home, the boys won't leave the girls alone. Well, Jeff, we better dive because this topic is a doozy. It's very long. (laughs) It's not pleasant. Oh. um, But it's very interesting. And it is the IRA. The IRA. Oh, the other night, Tiffany and I got high and watched Jesus Christ Superstar. <laughs> and we were up in the kitchen getting a snack, as, you know, one does. And I was speaking with an Irish accent. Yeah. And I kid you not, it was impeccable. Oh, I was like, Tiffany, sure it was. Is this as good as it sounds to me? Because it sounds like I am rocking it. I kept say? saying lyrics from Jesus Christ Superstar, but in an Irish accent. So I was like, um, uh, my mind is clearer now. <laughs> At last, all too well, I can see where we all soon will be. If you strip away the myth from the man. No, I screwed up the lyrics, didn't I? Yeah, a little bit, but it's Let still it great. Jesus! <laughs> Jesus Christ! You've started to believe the things they say of you. You really do believe this talk of God is true. <laughs> and all the good you've done will soon be swept away. You've begun to matter more than the things you say. Than the things you say. Anyway, it was better than that, even. Well, no, that was impeccable, so. It was. I mean, that's what you do when you guys were high, but when (laughs) Catherine and I got high, she lost our dog. (laughs) Amazing. I was in the bath, and she goes, Jeff. I saw this Snapchat. Jeff, is Benny with you? I'm like, no. She's like, what? Where is he? I'm like, I don't know. He's just not in the bathroom with me, nor the bath. And she surprising, actually. All, yeah. All around the upstairs and went in all the rooms. She's like, Jeff, I can't I can't find her dog. Where's her? I, Jeff, no, seriously. Jeff. And I had to get out of the tub and like comfort her yeah. because she couldn't find her dog. He was just downstairs. She just didn't search the other half of the house and he was just down the stairs. He's never down there. So I understand. Yes. But like the utter panic. Yeah, he panic. is the biggest dog and we have the smallest house. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And <laughs> that's that's really what funny. happened. To, Nothing for him to blend into in your house either. No. no. All just dark featured furniture yeah. and yeah. he's just a big dog. Funny. Anyways. Fun times in the hood. Anyways, dive on in, my buddy. Okay, so the IRA, or the Irish Republican Army. They are a Republican paramilitary organization seeking the establishment of a republic, the end of British rule in Northern Ireland, and the reunification of Ireland. So it's kind of like like America. I thought you were going to make a Star Wars reference. What, like the separatists? Yeah, they are separatists. Yeah. Yep. And on the surface, well, they aren't. They aren't. Other ones are separatists. Uh, on the surface, by definition, this seems fine. You know, you want to reunite the country. Why not? But their tactics are far from okay. And because of this, they are actually deemed an illegal organization by the Republic of Ireland and designated as a prescribed terrorist organization in the United Kingdom and the United States. Woof. The peak of this being a roughly 30-year period from the 1960s to the 1990s referred to as the Troubles. <laughs> oh yeah the troubles uh to probably understand the tensions in ireland and how the ira could have escalated to such a level we need to go way back in time to the early 1100s with the 1169 norman conquest of ireland of ireland of ireland throughout the next few centuries irish leaders were at odds with english kings a long line of english, english queens. queens and this was the start of the protestant reformation 
up to this point, Ireland was Catholic to the core of their piddly-dee potato. <laughs> um, because remember, as we learned before, through the Knights Templar and the royal family, maybe some other stuff, much of Europe was Catholic. But yeah. a huge Protestant, I think maybe Guy Fox as well. Catholic. But a huge Protestant Reformation in the 1500s saw much of the world converting. Yes. While fighting, killing, and then converting. Yes, of course. As many of us know, England introduced a new state religion. In 1932, this happened because King Henry VIII wanted to divorce his wife. Mm. So he went to Pope Clement VII, and Pope Clement said, Nope, I refuse to consent with this annulment. And King Henry decided to separate the entire country from um, the Roman Catholic Church. Mm-hmm. He's like, but she's got to go. She's got to go, so yeah. I'm going to go. Yeah. Can you imagine that? Starting your own religion because he couldn't divorce your wife? Yeah. No, he didn't start the religion. No, but he separated. He separated. He, the entire country was like, nope, we're not Catholic anymore. That's what I mean. Because just... Debbie's got to go. <laughs> uh, but Ireland remained Catholic. The English, as the rulers over Ireland at the time, were like, we're, we kind of prefer if you could be Protestant like us now, though. And they had a sneaky way of trying to change Ireland to Protestant. Ooh. In 1609, Scottish and English settlers known as planters were given land in the plantation. <laughs> what? <laughs> Sorry. It just sounded like that definition was going to be something like much greater. Scottish and Irish settlers known as planters oh. <laughs> they just plant the grass somewhere or just plant things I think they plant things I like don't know farmers <laughs> yeah well yeah I think so yeah. yeah we're given but they didn't there's nothing to farm yet they gotta plant it first yeah the farmers were their next were their kids yeah <laughs> um, so they were given land in the plantation of Ulster um, and how were they just given Irish land you asked Jeff silently in your head yes well the given land was ex-cheated ex-cheated not sure how to pronounce that word it's E-S cheated. S cheated. Great. S cheated. Teleography, in which the land of someone who dies without any heirs is given to the crown of the, or the state. Um, in this case, that would be the king. Not to mention, there was some Protestant immigration happening in the unplanted areas of Ulster as well. So some people were just like, this land is unclaimed. We're going to move there. And we're Protestants, so giddy up. Naturally, fights started breaking out. Two particularly bloody religious conflicts known as the Irish Confederate Wars from 1641 to 1653, sometimes called the Eleven Years' War, because it lasted 11 years, obviously, Mm. and the Willemite War, Williamite War of 1689-1691-1699-1699-1699-1699-1699-1699-1699-1699-1699-1699-1699-1699-1699-1699-1699-1699-1699-1699-1699-1699-1699-1699-1699-1699-1699-1699-1699-1699-1699-1699-1699-1
the big university there. Mm-hmm. Uh, if a Catholic died in order to inherit their legacy, the descendant would have to convert to the Church of England. Owning a horse valued more than five pounds was illegal, so as to keep all the best horses for the army, which they weren't allowed to enter. Once allowed, Catholic churches had to be built from wood, not stone, and kept wood. away from main wo- uh, roads. I guess so they could burn them down easily if they wanted to? Don't know. Between 1778 and 1869, after the death of King James III, if we're talking England, and then King James VIII, if we're talking Scotland. Same guy, but a lot more Jameses in Scotland. Interesting. For some reason. Uh, the Holy See, which is the, jur- the jurisdiction <laughs> of the Pope. Oh, the Holy See. Like he, I guess everything. No, S-E-E. Oh. The Holy See, like everything the Pope sees, his jurisdiction, oh, okay. I guess. Uh, got some of the political basis for the repressive laws removed, and the process of Catholic emancipation began. But it was a slow process, which meant religious discrimination dominated your life if you were Irish. Hi, Irish. As if things could not get worse for the poor Irish, the potato famine struck of course. in 1845. Piddly dee. Piddly dee potatoes. When fungus-like organisms called phytopathora infestans spread rapidly throughout Ireland, it ruined half of the entire country's potato crop that year and three-quarters of the crop over the next seven years. Because the Irish relied so heavily on potatoes as a source of food, by the end of the famine in 1852, one million Irish had died from starvation and related causes, with another million forced to leave Ireland as refugees. So, I'm just going to say something really silly. It's going to sound really, really silly for a second, okay? So, when you hear of, like, death from starvation, right, which was a pretty consistent theme from all of history up until the last 100 years, we'll say. Mm, Yeah, okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, why didn't they just move to somewhere that had food? Do you know what I mean? Because like, the entire country, yeah, so much of their food was built on potatoes. Yes, but what I'm saying is that like you have no food, so do you just sit there and die? Or do you just say, we have to go find food? So you pick up and you move to where there's food. There's no food in Ireland. In the then entire- you move away from Ireland. It's an island. It's 1850. Yeah. Everyone in the country can't get up and go. No, but like but do, 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 also do, they've do, got they've got businesses. They like, you know, they can get up and go to England, but how are they gonna pay for the food? We got no money because we couldn't no, sell I understand, potatoes. I understand like logistically, like there's there are hurdles, but those are like hurdles and then there is death. Yeah, but how how are they gonna jump over all those hurdles? Were they getting the money to pay for food in another country? How are they getting to the other country? I'm sure they... Okay, the money portion is a, is a question mark that they can solve. They How? Can go, How they can go they get a job. Solve? They can go get a job. Or There's no they can job. turn to Jean Valjean and just steal a loaf of bread. <laughs> no one has bread. Anyway, anyway, but part of the problem is um, a lot of Irish people held Britain responsible because Britain was overseeing Ireland at the time. Yes. And how badly Ireland was affected, they thought, was Britain's fault because Britain didn't help out enough. Um, It's debated to this day whether Britain's inadequate response to the crisis was purely incompetence. Um, Many Irish people saw it as an act of malice towards the Catholics and another situation the British took political advantage of. Hmm. They just went, we're not going to help you guys. Catholics, all right, well, just starve then. Starve then. Um, The Irish basically said, if you aren't going to take care of us, we will take care of us. And so the Irish demanded an Irish parliament. Mm-hmm. Some demanded full Irish independence, but the most popular movement was for that of a home rule, a self-governed island within the United Kingdom. And this defined the divide between most nationalists, who are the Catholics, who want the nation to themselves, who sought the restoration of an Irish parliament, and unionists, who are the Protestants, who were afraid of a minority under a Catholic-dominated Irish parliament. 
This led to near civil war between the two groups, but the First World War broke out in 1914, putting the conflict on hold. As a middle finger to the British, there was a group of men who stayed home from the war, referred to as the Irish Republican Brotherhood, and they launched the Easter Rising, a civilian military movement to protest British rule in England during the war in 1916. Wow. Can you imagine being England? How in productive. The, in the middle of World War I being like, guys, there's a fight going on in Dublin. We got to send soldiers. I'm like, oh my God, the Nazis made it to Ireland? No, no. The Irish are fighting this now too. They've sided with the Nazis? No, no, no. We were just scumbags to them for hundreds of years and now they're really mad. Couldn't they have picked a better time? They did. We kept winning and oppressing them. Excellent. And that's what happened. So the British captured uh, 16 of the leaders of the Easter Rising and executed them all. Which sort of backfired because it made a lot more of the Irish more sympathetic to the nationalists. Two and a half years later, the separatist Sinn Féin party won, which is really confusing spelling, S-I-N-N-F-E-I-N. And it's pronounced Sinn Féin. Anyway, Mm. Irish lessons for you all. Um, They won the December 1918 general election with 47% of the vote and the majority of seats and set up the first Irish parliament in Dublin, refusing to attend parliament in London. Because as part of the United Kingdom, they're all meant to, like, go to Parliament. You know what I mean? Like, when we have MPs in Newfoundland, they go to Ottawa. Yes. Right? They were like, no, no, no. We're going to stay here. We're not going. Great. Um, This sparked the War of Independence that first saw the Irish Republican Army brought together to fight for an Irish Republic. In 1922, the Anglo Treaty Agreement is signed, splitting the island of Ireland in two. The mostly Catholic Nationalist South and mostly Protestant Loyalist North. There were a lot of people, Catholic or not, not happy with the treaty, who refused to acknowledge the compromised Irish Free State, and certainly refusing a British Northern Ireland. Um, A branch of the IRA broke off, referred to as the Anti-Treaty IRA, and fought in the Civil War, but they were defeated and the Free State was confirmed. And this caused a split down through Northern Ireland as well. So the whole country is split. To this day, Ireland is still split. It's two separate things. All of Ireland is not one country. Oh, really? So Northern Ireland, yeah. which is where all this shit is going down, sure. is... Um, God, you really think I'd know this after all the, pro- Are, all the research I did. Don't you mean Southern? Because Southern's split? So, so the Southern Ireland, yeah. it's, which is almost all of it, to be honest, is a um, free state. So it's the Republic of Ireland. Sure. Northern Ireland is part of the United Kingdom. I didn't know. Yes. So... The country is split, but now the northern half, Northern Ireland, is now also split because not into terms of like who owns what, but in terms of like the people who live there think. Because the Protestant majority of Northern Ireland feared the Catholic minority who had grown to see the Protestants as oppressive and tyrannical. So we've got the Republic of Ireland is all the Catholics. And then in Northern Ireland, there's Protestants, but a fair amount of Catholics. Still the minority, but like a large minority. Sure. So over the next few decades, the two communities of Northern Ireland became entirely segregated. Where you went to work, where your kids went to school, where you lived, were all segrega- segregated between Protestants and Catholics in all of Northern Ireland. That's, that's so crazy to me. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, know. it's literally Newfoundland culture like to a T back like 40, yeah. 50 years ago. Yeah. But like, you're, you're both still Christian. Yeah, but it's, it's 
I'm, all of the oppression, right? Oh of, yeah, no, right? no, I know. But yeah. like, it's the like the fundamentals of what you are believing in. Like, it is considered a religious war, even though it's yeah, yeah, yeah people yeah. against people. Yes, but it's the oppression of people that they're fighting. Not, exactly, it's not so, the religion itself. No, yeah, I agree. It's so interesting, but that's yeah. how it happens yeah. to have been it has divided. Nothing to do with the beliefs of Protestants and the beliefs no. of Catholics. No. No. no, but they turn it into that though a yeah. little bit. They're like, it, no, it's a political thing. It's entirely it, political. Yeah, 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 but like a little like. They use grape juice instead of wine. Welch is gluten free bread instead of gluten filled crackers. Gluten filled crackers? Yeah, just that like gluten. Disgusting. Like it would be like liquid gluten. No. Like you'd bite in it and it'd be like a Joe Lewis. Um, Gross. But underneath it all, the anti treaty IRA still existed, just underground for now. And they had started to see an influx of Marxists, which is not good. Okay. Like Marx, you know about this, right? I know Marxists. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so just to be clear, it's not the North versus the South. The IRA were not happy with either situation going on. They wanted to overthrow the Northern British Ireland and the free state in the South. They wanted the entire country to be united. One Ireland, united without Britain involved at all. Interesting. So IRA were like, we don't like anything going on. Mm-hmm. So welcome to the 1960s in Ireland. And this... Now, Evan, welcome to the 60s. <laughs> Whoa, oh, 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 the oh, troubles oh, began. Oh. I tried to do Ireland. Art. Let's, it was way well, too many syllables. Ireland, 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 Ireland. <laughs> a Protestant Catholic, Catholic. <laughs> Protestant Catholic, Protestant. That's hard. No, bye. Uh, so the 1960s brought a civil rights movement in Northern Ireland. Loyalists feared this as an IRA front to help lead toward a more united Ireland. The Protestants uh, started, uh, sorry, the protests rather, those words look similar. They do. Um, the protests started as nonviolent. The stated goals were to end job discrimination against Catholics, end discrimination in housing allocation, because the Catholics had to live in the poor areas, end the one man, one vote rule in Northern Ireland, where only householders could vote in local elections, while in the rest of the United Kingdom, all adults could vote. You had to own a house. Mm-hmm. Or you couldn't vote. Um, so if you had people living in your house over the age of 19 or whatever, or your wife or whatever, nope, one person per household, which was the, this is the only place in all of the United Kingdom that was true. This This is a trivial question, but one person per household, or you physically had to own the house? Good question. Not sure. Cool. Uh, they wanted to reform the police force because they were super... Um, biased and they wanted to repeal the special powers act which gave police a right to search with without warrant arrest and imprison people without charge or trial ban parades or assemblies or publications much of which was used against the nationalists which is the catholics yes yeah it's important to remember nationalists catholics protestants unionists yep um so naturally the nationalists didn't have any faith in the royal ulster constabulary or the ruc and started to create their own um, it all began, as I think it always does, with the peaceful protests. The Nas- nationalists continued to plan marches throughout 1968 and 1969 for civil rights. Oftentimes, the marchers would be attacked by loyalists, and the lack of police protection for the marchers enraged the nationalists. Mm-hmm. On October 5th, 1968, a civil rights march in Derry was banned by the government. Marchers defied the ban and were surrounded by RUC officers who beat them without provocation. Ah. More than 100 people were injured, including nationalist politicians. It was filmed and aired on international television, which actually only helped the Catholics' causes. Good. On January 1st, 1969, they were at it again. The civil rights group People's Democracy was formed in Belfast and planned to march to Derry. They were repeatedly attacked by loyalists while marching. Um, Loyalists are also unionists, same thing. Um, 
including some off-duty police officers armed with iron bars, bricks, and bottles in a planned ambush. Oh. Yep. At Derry City, they were attacked again, and once again, the police did nothing to protect the marchers. In fact, some said they aided the attackers. That night, RUC officers went on a rampage in the Bogside area of Derry, attacking Catholic homes, attacking and threatening residents, and that was it. The Catholics had had enough. The residents declared Derry an autonomous Irish nationalist area. They secured the area, the residents, the community people, put up barricades, and residents carried clubs or similar weapons to prevent the police from entering Derry. Derry was a no-go zone for six days. Oh my they god. They just like took it over Les Mis style. I was, the words are coming out of my mouth. Yeah. yeah. On August 12th, 1969, a Protestant parade was set to march through Derry, which is like, bias. why are you salting this wound? Yeah. Stay out. Yeah. Don't play somewhere else. <sighs> Protestants and Catholics started throwing stuff at each other, and it turned more violent, leading to what is now referred to as the Battle of the Bogside. The Bogside. Yeah. Uh, three There's days- got to be a song about that. The Battle of the Bogside is a battle for one all. The Irish and the Catholics, the Protestants and the Catholics, they had a bit of a ball. Can't. A three-day battle between thousands of residents and the RUC. Uh, hundreds of officers and civilians were injured. The Northern Ireland Prime Minister asked for support from the British Army. On August 14th, a battalion from the army arrived as a neutral force just to separate the residents and the police. Like, just literally pull them apart. Yep. The RUC were withdrawn by the army. But by now, word had got around that this kid wasn't saying thank you that this was happening in Derry, and nationalists all over Northern Ireland started an uprising because, like, this is happening in Derry. Come on, boys, let's go. Yep. Uh, unionists, fearing that the entire region would now be taken over, started fight- fighting back. So all of Northern Ireland is now a shit show. The army didn't enter Derry until October, two months later, when a report was finally put forward to do an investigation into the police force. So the castles were like, okay. This is something in the right direction. Yes. The inquiry into the police force recommended that the RUC become an unarmed force. This, in turn, enraged the loyalists who took to the streets of Belfast to protest, resulting in a death of an RUC officer, the first RUC officer to be killed during the Troubles. My God. Also, it should be mentioned, I'm just noting the significant events, but all of these events were exacerbated by like hundreds of small things happening yes, every yes, week, yes, right? Yes, 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 Tensions were high all the time. Yeah. So like you looked at somebody the wrong way, you got a brick in the face, right? <laughs> Literally. <laughs> the, the next big one was the Falls Curfew or the Battle of the Falls. Oh, man. All of these names are great. They're so great. The Battle for Derry. And you say it in an in a, um, Irish in accent. World. The Battle of the Falls. The Battle of the Falls. That was much better than mine. Yours was a little Scottish, actually. A little Scottish. Uh, It was a British Army operation in 1970 in the Falls District of Belfast. It began as a search for weapons in the Nationalist District. Uh, So, like, trying to find the Catholics who had weapons on them. As the search ended, some yokel... Yokel loothes. Local youths attacked the British soldiers with stones and Molotov cocktails. Oh, they're getting creative now. The soldiers responded with tear gas. The first time tear gas was used in the UK. It quickly turned into a gun battle between the soldiers and the IRA. After four hours, the British commander sealed off the area, about 3,000 homes, and imposed a curfew which lasted about 36 hours. Thousands of troops were moved to the curfew zone and carried out a house-to-house search for weapons. Some nationalists continued to fight back when their homes were searched. Many residents complained of suffering abuse at the hand of the soldiers. The curfew was ended on July 5th when thousands of women and children from a neighboring town marched into the curfew zone with food and supplies for the locals. They were just like, what are you going to do? Stop us. Like 2,000 women and children. Just like, here's some bread buys. You're hungry, I know. 
Which is amazing. It is amazing. Um, 78 people were wounded, four were killed, 337 were arrested, 18 soldiers were wounded, and a lot of weapons were seized. The British Army later admitted that some of the soldiers were involved in looting. Mm. And see, this is the problem, right? The Army has to do their job. I understand that tensions are high, and the Catholics have been treated super poorly. Yes. But they can't throw Molotov cocktails at the police, who are just trying to keep everybody safe. But the police aren't neutral. No. Right? So they just aren't trying to keep everybody safe. And now the army's there, who's supposed to be this neutral force, and now they're beating people in their homes and looting. So not to say that the IRA's methods are excused, but you can see how they got there. Yes. You know what I mean? Like how, why their fuses were so short. Sure. Um, the Falls curfew was a turning point in the Troubles. It turned many Catholics and Irish nationalists against the British army and boosted a lot of support for the IRA. On December 4th, 1971, the Ulster Volunteer Force, which was essentially like the IRA, but the Protestant version, um, detonated a bomb at McGurk's Bar in Belfast. Uh, It was a Catholic bar. It killed 15 Catholics, including two children. Which, not to be horrible, but what were the children doing there? What were the children doing there? Yeah. Uh, It was the deadliest attack in Belfast during the Troubles. Despite the evidence, the British security forces said the bomb exploded prematurely while being handled by IRA members. As if it was their bomb which was found not to be the case. But that's what the police said. Oh, yeah, they were making the bomb, and it just exploded. Uh, And this started a feud of you bomb us, we bomb you, making 1972 the bloodiest year of the conflict. 500 people died that year from bombings and killings just like this. Oh, God. By now, 20 barricades were in place in Derry, uh, blocking um, the army. I don't know what that word says. Acmes. I think it's meant to be Acme's. Um, they're blocking the access to what was known as Free Dairy. So the city of Dairy became Free Dairy. Like, we're all free here because yeah, like, there's yeah. no police. Like, um, lactose-free. Yeah. Dairy-free. 16 of these barricades were so insane and tall and whatever, they were impassable by the British Army's one-ton armored vehicles. Couldn't get through them. It's literally Les Mis. Yeah. Uh, one of the reasons that the violence escalated this year was thought to be there was a split in the IRA. The older IRA had embraced nonviolent civil agitations, while the newer IRA, referred to as the provisional IRA, were the Marxists. The old people didn't want to be with them anymore. Sure. They were like, you guys are a little bit too crazy for us. Yeah. Carl's a little out to lunch. Yeah. They were, and he was. They were determined to wage armed struggle against British rule in Northern Ireland, and they were willing to wear the badge of defenders of the Catholic community. So they meant business. Things got so out of hand that the government introduced internment without trial in 1971. Woof. 350 initial detainees, none of them were Protestants. But it was seen as the only possible way to deal with the unrest and keep the violence down. In fact, many of the people imprisoned, while Catholic, were not even Republican activists at the time, but by being imprisoned without trial, jaded them to listen to the concerns of the nationalists. Jaded. And then turned them to IRA. Yes. Um, so what do the nationalists do to fight the internment process? They have another march. Which, if they just stop marching, things might be a little bit better. Everything <laughs> bad happens during marches. Just walk. <laughs> just walk. An anti-internment march was scheduled uh, in January of 1972, and the police and army were deployed to oversee it. British paratroopers were pre- present, and these guys were despised by the nationalists for their role in killing 11 people during the mass arrest and internment process the August before. So, like, same guys, paratroopers, they're back. So maybe just don't send those guys to the march, you know? So any of us could see from a mile away, the friends, families, and communities of the people who were killed started throwing rocks and shit at the paratroopers. Not literal shit, but rocks. No, they probably did. Probably shit, yeah. 
which provoked the paratroopers to open firing on the crowd. We're talking civilians. Open firing. But again, you can't entirely blame the army or police because they've also been going through this for years and don't know what these people are going to do. Like, at like any one of them ago, could, there were bombs. Yeah. Anyone, they got Molotov cocktails thrown at them. So, like, they don't know. But also, you're the police. So you can't react like a civilian would. Like, the training has to be there, right? So, of course, chaos ensues once the paratroopers <sighs> open fire. 28 people were shot. 14 died. And the day forever became known as Bloody Sunday. Sunday, bloody Sunday. That song? I don't know who sings it, but I know it. Well, um, you do. Obviously. It was the largest number of civilians killed in a single shooting incident during all this. The hostility between Catholics and nationalists towards the British military only was elevated, and provisional IRA, the Marxist ones, saw a huge rise in recruits. Between 1971 and 1975, 1,981 people were interned. No trial. 1,874 were Catholic Republican. And in case that wasn't all bleak enough, allow me to tell you about the five techniques used by police and the army for interrogation, mm. all of which, I should say, were ruled to be illegal following a British government inquiry. Number one, wall standing, also known as submission position, places the human body in such a way that a great amount of weight is placed on just one or two muscles. So like standing on the balls of your feet and then crouching and you have to stay there. Like, they just, like, pin you in that position, and eventually your muscles just, like, shake and give out. How, how, how do they do that? I'm not sure what you're asking me. How do they force you to stand like that? I don't know. Hold a gun to you and be like, do this? I'm not sure. Okay. Anyway, it's a form of torture. We'll have to Google that. Um, hooding. Fairly self-explanatory. Uh, but when one... Hooding. Uh, hooding, yeah. They, like, uh, put a hood over their head. So how's that torture? Is it dark? Uh, because, A, one, one... Are you afraid of the dark? <laughs> yes. If, if, no! <laughs> if your hands are bound, it's actually quite dangerous, because if you fall or something, or even if it's too tight, you can't breathe. Sure. Um, it causes disorientation, isolation, and dread. Um, because if you're, if you're wearing a hood for 32 hours or however long it's on, um, it also means the interrogators can remain anonymous and act without impunity. So they can beat the person next to you, or they can... One of them can come in and pretend that they are somebody who was you know also imprisoned and that they are confessing and they can do a bunch of shit because you don't know what's going on right sure yeah i mean that sounds less apparently it's dreadful brutal. according to what i read about it it's like i'm sure it's, psychologically it's really psychologically mess impairing and i'm yeah. sure like it's more than 32 hours it's probably closer to, to 30 days yeah and also like you're in a situation where you're being held prisoner. So you're already at your wits end. Sure. You know what I mean? It's yeah, not yeah. like you're just in your kitchen having an egg and you got a hood on, right? Uh, number three, sensory overload through noise. Yeah. So either very loud or just multiple sources simultaneously. Yeah. Consistently driving you crazy. Yeah. Uh, deprivation of sleep and deprivation of food and drink. The, uh, the overstimulation, whatever. Sensory overload. Yep. Yep. Same thing. Um... Apparently, that's what they tried to do in Vietnam. Yes. After the war, a lot of the Viet Cong thought this, the war was still going on. Right. So to drive them out of the forest, they used yeah. to play a song on repeat over and over. I'm talking like twenty to 30,000 times over right. and over until the person went just absolutely insane and drove them out of the forest. Wacky. Can you imagine that? Listen to the same song? No, I cannot. That mm. would be like, you'd be like, I got to go. I'm sorry. I wanted to stay, but I can't. Yeah. It would actually drive you insane. Like, would you consider... Siri, next track. 
Um, so those are all horrible things. The provisional IRA, or provost as they became known, uh, went off. They began bombing a bombing campaign, most notably on Bloody Friday, when they set off 22 bombs in the center of Belfast. Ten days later, they killed nine civilians during a triple car bombing. At this time in Ireland, there were 20 British troops to every 1,000 civilians. Ooh, bad the ratio. Highest, well, no, this is actually the highest ratio in history oh. for a counterinsurgency warfare, which is like non-war-related military action. In late 72, it was decided the only way to cut down on crime would be to take the barricades in Derry and neighboring communities down. Operation Motorman involved 27,000 soldiers who stormed the barricades with tanks and armored vehicles. Uh, and for a brief period, it was thought that this would help the situation. In 1973, though, an IRA bombing in London killed one person and injured hundreds. And this is the first time that they acted outside of Ireland. And it shocked the nation. Hmm. The Sunningdale Agreement is proposed to disband the Irish Parliament and start it essentially from scratch, giving equal weight to both loyalists and nationalists. Like a little bit of a uh, compromise. The loyalists didn't want this because they saw it as giving into the IRA's terrorist attacks. Um, along with the UVF, um, they start a strike where no loyalists can work. Paramilitary involvement saw that people couldn't go to work even if they wanted to. It was a mandatory strike. So the non-Catholics were like, the, all of the Protestants were like, we're not going to work anymore until you get rid of this amendment. Sure. Um, and they made sure, like, they got their own little paramilitary group to like, if you were a Protestant and you tried to go to work, they'd be like, no, 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 go home or we will shoot you. Good. Um, it effectively shut down the agreement, obviously. November 21st, 1974, the IRA bombed two pubs in Birmingham known to be popular among off-duty law enforcement. The bombs kill 21 and injure 182. Now, this starts anti-Irish sentiments amongst the British, obviously, because everybody living in Britain is like, these people are animals. This is ridiculous. I know! Irish people living in England are now ostracized and their businesses are targeted by the British. This leads to some abuse of power in England, where the police arrest a load of Irish people and force them into making false confessions. Seventeen were found wrongly incarcerated. So again, it's like, it's the tit for tat. It's like, they do, they're bombing people, and the British are like, ah, but then the British go and arrest people who are innocent. So it's like, it's not going to help, guys. In December of 1974, the IRA announced a Christmas season ceasefire, following secret talks with the British. Oh, my name is Francis Tulliver. <laughs> the ceasefire gets extended until February 8th, at which time the loyalists, fearing the government will forget about their needs, try to instigate attacks from the IRA in order to break the ceasefire. So they just want, like, if the IRA acts, then like, oh, look, see, they're horrible. So they just keep egging them on. Um, and it works. The IRA do break the ceasefire, and they state, we achieve more in wartime than in peacetime. Thus continues a series of tit-for-tat killings. You bomb us, we bomb you. You kill someone, we kill two people. The climax of these killings was in January of 17, uh, 1976, when members of Loyalist Ulster Volunteer Force, the UVF, attacked two Catholic families, killing six people. Just random families. The IRA retaliate with the King's Mill Massacre when they halted a van and gunned down 10 Protestants, leaving the one Catholic in the van alive. By now, the British Army is quite good at handling the IRA, and so the IRA start getting smarter. They plan a guerrilla attack on the army in what is referred to as the Warren Point Ambush, bombing a British convoy and, and the following reinforcements, killing 18 soldiers and not losing a single one of their own. Then they go on to target the royal family. The queen's cousin, Lord Mountbatten, a celebrated war hero and soldier, is targeted when his fishing boat is bombed. He and three others die. That's an, on the episode of The Crown. What? Yep. He's, pr he's Prince Philip, the queen's husband. Uh-huh. Prince Philip's uncle. Sure. 
Um, and he was like head of the military at some point. Oh, I was gonna be. I was gonna ask like yeah. how far down the chain could they have gone in order to find someone that they were able to actually target. <laughs> oh, he he was high. I mean, he lived at Buckingham Palace. Like, That's what was, I was saying. Yeah. So uh, if he was the military commander, he's obviously yeah. very important. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they killed him. So now all the incarcerations are taking their toll on the judicial system because they're just arresting all these people without trial. Up to now, all the prisoners related to the Troubles were treated as political prisoners, um, like a prisoner of war. But at this time, they're now downgraded to outright criminals. They're forced to wear prison clothing, which they refuse with a blanket strike, where they just wear blankets. Um, instead of, they're like, we're not going to wear prison clothes, we're not we're not criminals they won't leave their cells and they just start smearing shit all over them quite literally uh, over themselves nope over the cells all over the walls and stuff oh, over the cells not yep. themselves not themselves cells. their cells and they protest uh, margaret thatcher is now prime minister whom we all love <laughs> and uh, refuses to treat them as anything other than criminals at which point uh, a few go on a hunger strike bobby sands an ira member starts what turns into a 66-day hunger strike during such a time, he's elected to a vacant seat in British Parliament. People think, okay, this is the turning point. Like, we got an IRA member in British Parliament. They're going to start listening to us. They're going to start hearing what we need. Um, but when Margaret Thatcher continues to stand strong on her opinion, Bobby Sands eventually dies on day 66 of his hunger strike. People go crazy. Riots start up. 100,000 people attend his funeral. Nine other nationalists die from the hunger strike. And Margie finally agrees to some of the demands of the protesters, which include rights to visits, um, rights to receive mail, and rights to wear uh, civilian clothing. But the Nationalists saw Margaret Thatcher as the reason for the hunger strike deaths. As she had given in earlier, none of those people would have died. So they bombed the hotel in Brighton where she and her parliament are staying. Basically like Guy Fox style, except unlike Guy Fox, it actually works. Uh, five people die, but not Margaret Thatcher. And this is really the shift from the IRA being a paramilitary group from Northern Ireland to a highly dangerous terrorist organization. You weren't wrong when you said this is a pretty heavy... Oh, yeah. Do you know what's strange is that I'm, I was completely and utterly oblivious to all of this. Mm. Why? Yeah. I don't know. Because it's not that long ago. That's what I'm trying to say, is that yeah. like this should have been discussed. Yeah, I know. Um, the Anglo-Irish Agreement is signed in hopes of British and Irish governments having talks on how to unite the nation. Because remember, the Irish government is not the IRA, right? The Irish government is the Republic of Ireland. Um, it was opposed by both sides. Loyalists saw it as doing too much. Nationalists saw it as doing too little. And I think that is the crux of the whole scenario. Like, no, neither side will give any leeway. Yeah. It's total black and white. We are not budging. We are not budging. Yeah. Well, then nothing can happen. Right? And so when someone lands in the middle, you're not doing enough. You're doing too little. Exactly. Um, in 1987, the IRA bombed a memorial on Remembrance Day, being used for a ceremony. They killed 12 and injured dozens, many of which were pensioners. This attack backfired on the IRA, um, so much so the political party Sinn Féin, which is like the Nationalist Party, entirely collapsed. The leader of the party actually openly apologized and said, we hope something like this never happens again. This was too far. They, I what, mean, good. Yeah. Um, they weren't intending to kill all these civilians. It was meant to be like they were, I can't remember what it was, but like they were meant sure. to kill police or security or whatever, and it just yeah. didn't happen that way. March 6th, 1998, we're ramping up now. These uh, three unarmed IRA members are shot and killed by special air forces. At the funeral service, two British soldiers accidentally drive into the procession. The IRA drags them out of their vehicles and they're shot dead, and it's recorded on TV cameras. 
they just like happened to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. They pulled in and it was actually a funeral procession. They're like, what are these British troops doing in the funeral procession? And they stopped the procession, dragged them out of the car and shot them. Wow. In 1991, an attempt to attack 10 Downing Street, resident of the Prime Minister, with a mortar would fail, but certainly put fear amongst everyone um, on how far they're willing to consistently go. So it like hit like the street directly in front. They didn't actually hit the building. March 20th, 1993, the IRA bomb a shopping area by placing bombs in trash cans. Two boys uh, aged 3 and 12 were killed. The world goes mad. Like now it's like a global explosion. And they're like, peace has to happen. We demand peace happens. August 31st, 1994, after 25 years of bombings, shootings, and constant fear, a historic ceasefire with a complete um, cessation, cessation, seizing yeah. of military operations from the IRA. Um, after nearly three years of this, it became clear to the IRA that moving forward was not an option. Nothing was happening. The Conservative Party in England were reliant on loyalist voters, and any concessions to the IRA would be very unpopular for the party. So, like, they weren't going to do anything. So in 1996, the IRA break the ceasefire, but this time with a different tactic. Now it's, rather than let's hurt people, let's see how much proper we, property we can damage to really piss off the British government. So the IRA detonated a powerful truck bomb in the London dockyards bombing, causing an estimated 150 million pounds of damage. The IRA had sent warnings 90 minutes beforehand, but the area was not fully evacuated. Two people were killed and 100 injured. This was in February. In June of that same year, they hit Manchester Center, so downtown Manchester. They detonate a 1,500-kilogram bomb on Corporation Street. It was the biggest bomb detonated in Great Britain since the Second World War. Wow. Estimated at 700 million pounds of damage, equivalent to 1.3 billion pounds today. Holy jump. In terms of financial cost, it was only surpassed in 2001 with 9-11. That's the only time a bomb caused more financial devastation. Again, they telephoned ahead. 75,000 people were evacuated. No deaths this time, but 200 people were injured, including bomb squad who couldn't defuse the bomb in time. One thing that did come of this, though, in 1997, Tony Blair's Labour government came into power. So, so long to the Conservatives, new governments, new talks. It wasn't without struggles, but on April 10th, 1998, the Good Friday Agreement, also known as the Belfast Agreement, is signed. Northern Ireland's government was shifted to focus on power sharing, Protestant and Catholic equal. The Royal Ulster Constabulary would be watched by an independent commission to check for bias, which eventually led to the RUC being entirely rebranded. They just shut down that police force, started a new one called the Police Service of Northern Ireland. As well, it stated that if a day comes that if the majority of people in Northern Ireland and the Republic of Ireland would like to be united, the British government would have it done, if that ever happens. Paramilitary weaponry would be decommissioned and prisoners would be released. Um, But this didn't come about simply. It was passed by referendum, meaning that people voted on it. Sure. 94% approval rating in the Republic of Ireland, only 71% in Northern Ireland. Mm, that, that, Not bad. That aligns. Um, in August of 1998, a subgroup of the IRA bombed the town of, I don't know how to say this, Omagh, O-M-A-G-H, killing 29 people. And the fear, of course, is that this is going to stir up IRA sympathizers and start the whole thing over. But it turns out that this was just a small group of extremists. The bombing didn't break the peace. The provisional IRA had laid down its arms and disbanded, and they remained as such. 
The change had happened so rapidly that in 2007, radical loyalist Ian Paisley was elected as first minister, and his deputy first minister was Martin McGuinness, leader of Sinn Féin and former IRA member. So, like, two completely opposing. Yes, that's what I'm talking about. And they actually had an audience with the Queen um, when a decade before McGuinness was an enemy of the state. He was arrested and was, like, an enemy of the state at the time. And now he's deputy, what did I say he was? Deputy first minister having an audience with the Queen. So that's huge progress in 10 years. According to the book, Lost Lives, 2006 edition, 3,720 (laughs) people. It says 2006 edition, I don't know. That's shocking. The Lost Lives, 2006. Yep. Um, 3,720 people were killed as a result of the conflict from 1966 to 2006. Of these, 3,634 were killed up to 1998. In The Politics of Antagonism, Understanding Northern Ireland, Brendan O'Leary and John McGarry point out that nearly 2% of the population of Northern Ireland have been killed or injured through political violence. If the equivalent ratio of victims to population had been produced in Great Britain, it would have been 100,000 people. If the similar level of violence would have been taken place in the States, it would have been 500,000 people. Wow. And even after all this, the IRA had not gone forever. There are still extremists coined by the media as a new IRA or the real IRA. As of December 2017, MI5 said that Northern Ireland has the highest level of terrorist activity of anywhere in Europe, with attacks being disrupted every week. Every week in 2017? Yep. Now, attacks being disrupted as in, like, like they're not being followed through. Well, they're attempted to be followed through, but MI5 finds out about them and stops them. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. That is shocking. Yep. It is shocking. Shocking. When I, started so, going, when I started going down the rabbit hole, I was like, oh, God. So I, I just find it baffling how, we, like, we don't know anything about it. I know. Or at least, like, me. I, I can't speak for yes, you. Yes, I think we just missed it. Like, I think, like, if we ask our parents about it, I bet they'd be like, yeah, the IRA wasn't at the same time. Like, not for Newfoundland, but, no, like, but they must glo- have known. on the global news, it must like, have been insane. We were born in 92. Yeah. So that, like... The heat of a lot of that was between 90 and 97. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's... Oh, yeah. I mean, it was between 69 and 96, 97. Yeah. Yeah, so, like, there's a lot of shit going on. Our parents should arguably know lots about it. Absolutely. And, like... I'm sure they can remember when Lord Mountbatten was assassinated. I'm sure that made global news. And, like, the conflict between Catholics and Protestants is, is like I said, prominent in Newfoundland in yep. the culture of over the last, we'll say, 50, 60 years as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was, you can't go out with her. She's a Protestant. Or yeah, she's you can't marry or, that person. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, like, that's that's wild that we wouldn't have at least heard it. I know. Or, like, me. Like I said, I, that could just be my... And also, think about it in Newfoundland. Schools were still segregated in 97. Yeah. Well, yeah, or 90, yeah. No, 99, wasn't it? No, 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 no. It wasn't... It wasn't... Uh, maybe it was. St. Stephen's... When we moved to Stephenville... I think the year we moved, St. Stephen's Elementary School was an all-Catholic school. And the year we moved there, I'm pretty sure, it was the year that the, the segregation of like religious things stopped. Now, they still have like private schools can still do it, like yeah. St. Bonds. Oh, yeah, yeah. Any, any school can technically. But yeah. can anyone go to St. Bonds? Yep. Right, so it's not technically segregated then. No, the, we, it is a school, is a Catholic school in the Jesuit tradition. So the right. teachings are strict in that, but they allow people from other religions and other cultures to come, right. but they have to be open to practicing Catholicism. Right. Right? Or at least... Well, actually, you know what? I don't know the mantra now. It could have changed. Right. But I remember, like, we had people from all around the world. Yeah. 
uh, like and all different stuff. You mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also like people who practice different religions, people who openly were, we're atheists. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Um, and they weren't like kicked out. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think they have a very open door policy. Yeah. Of like, you are welcome to come in. Yes. But just so you know, this is what we're about. This is what we're doing. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Is there a lot of like religion, like courses and stuff? Like we all have to do religion. Like, I don't think they do anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's that's why I took that philosophy class in grade like eleven or grade ten. That's why I took I took um, like Catholicism classes. I took world religion classes. Um, right. That was a part of the core curriculum. You had to. Oh. Yeah, I took religion right up to grade twelve. Crazy. Yeah. Like we, I think we stopped. We had religion up to grade eight or something. Yeah. And even then, I think we didn't. It was like part of social studies. Yeah. 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 Like yeah. It wasn't its own course. Yeah. It's, it was its own course right up until grade uh, uh, 11. Like high school for sure. 11. Did you yeah, do I a think, public and religion? No. Oh, okay. So grade 10, I think, was the philosophy class. Right. So philosophy 1000 or philosophy 1001, like the yeah. university one. Yeah. And then I think grade 11 might have been world religions. Wow. And I think, if I remember correctly, it could have been part of the same credit hours as French or world history. I see. I think. I can't remember. But I remember doing world religions. Interesting. And world history. So it would be strange for Jeff to do more than what was expected. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. (laughs) Someone was holding your hand along the way. Yeah. Saying, you must do this, sir. Yeah. But... um, that is that is wild. Yeah, it's it's a bit of a downer, which is like I gotta go first, bud, because you gotta bring it back up. Well, mine's not gonna get any more interesting, but my friends, we hope you enjoy your break. Welcome back, ladies, gentlemen, friends, pets, children, Catholics, Protestants. <laughs> we are officially all-inclusive. This is the Splain cast. And it is. And we are inclusive to all religions, races, sex, genders, all of everybody, as long as you rate and review. <laughs> <laughs> There's one stipulation we will judge you on. Yes. It is how invested you are in giving us five Stars. We will segregate specifically on those terms and nothing else. Uh, it's not much to ask. Honestly, it's not. Like, get off your high horse and. <laughs> <laughs> You're not too good for us. You aren't. Oh, God. For all the nonsense. You know what? For all the bullshit you do on the internet, I'm just going to say it. All those people who order. Blankets from winners. I don't know. Candles from bed. Read the room, buddy. I know. You're going to marry her. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You're not wrong. I love you. Uh. So we just finished uh, topic number one. We're going to dive into a topic numero dos. We're going to dive into. (laughs) You ready, buddy? So ready. Let's do this. So I'm touching on. Allergies. Just gonna touch on it. I'm gonna bit. touch on it. Just do a little allergy test on the allergy topic. Sanitize your hands first. Sanitize, prick the needle, and see if you react. So strap in. Okay. So 
Obviously, allergies are pretty straightforward. I don't need to explain exactly what they are, but allergies are your body's reaction to a substance it views as a harmful invader. What's a substance? Substance? <laughs> no, did I say sustenance? <laughs> <laughs> no, you did not. You said the wrong word, but you didn't say substance. Substance. You what said stub- I... substance, I think. Substance. Now, having said that, I'm not good at hearing these days because I sent you a video the other day while Tiffany and I were watching. Yes, Jesus it sounded perfectly like it's supposed well, we to. We were watching it, and it was um, also you were inebriated. I was inebriated, but it said it's in Hosanna, Hosanna. Why waste your time moaning at the crowd? And I, as soon as I heard, it, I was like, he just said moaning. Moaning at the crowd, and Tiffany was like, "What are you talking about?" And I was like, "I'm going back." I what went are you back, talking about, man? And we heard it. I mean, the, she heard. It, I was like, "It's moaning, right?" And we died. We went back three times, sent you the video. Yep. And then when I watched it later, it's clearly moaning. It's clearly to moaning. the point where like it couldn't have just been inebriation. It had to have been the speaker arrangement in the room. There, yeah, there must have been something because it was moaning or positive bias or positive bias. I don't know. Yeah, who's to say? Anyways, so. They are the reaction to a substance it views as harmful as an invader. Okay, mm. so substances that cause these reactions are called allergens. Mm-hmm. Okay, so to first understand allergies, we must understand our immune systems. Your immune system is designed to create a defense system against foreign bodies. It makes pretty pretty common sense. So similar to like what we learned into our episode on blood, mm. white blood cells are activated to attack and eliminate the perceived threat. Right. This is great for instances like getting the common cold, infections, bites and foreign bodies like splinters. Right. Okay. Lymphocytes, your white blood cells, travel around the body looking for antigens, which are foreign invaders like parasites, bacteria and viruses. Okay. When the lymphocyte detects an antigen, it begins producing large Y-shaped proteins called antibodies. They're literally shaped like a Y. Yeah. And we know this for a fact. Uh, well, Magic School Bus says, <laughs> so that's fact enough for me. Yeah. The body is filled with two types of regulatory cells. Okay. There are T cells and Th2 cells. Okay. I'm sure there, there's lots more, but only two of relevant ones for this. Sure. The T cells are the ones telling your body that things are okay, man. That's not a threat. There's no need for a reaction. It's just <laughs> the Matthew McConaughey of, of cells. <laughs> like there's like drugs in their tea. Sure. Yeah. No. <laughs> the TH2, th- the TH2 cells are revved up, ready to go. They're ready to fight and react to whatever it is. They uh, are yeah. the IRA of cells in the body. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> All right. Okay. In most people, there is a high concentration of T cells, okay. which allows us to eat whatever we want pretty well without having allergic reactions. We get fat, but we don't die. Yes. Right. Uh, when people have an imbalance uh, of T and TH2 cells, their bodies react to things that should be really deemed harmless. Okay. Okay. So... Allergies are the confused reaction by the immune system to react to a stimuli that is normally perceived as harmless, like, you know, pollen, peanuts, dust, shellfish, all that kind of fun stuff. The lymphocytes confuse allergens for antigens. Oh. Allergens are a kind of enzyme called an antigenic protein. Okay. So that is what is actually causing the reaction, the the antigenic protein. Right. So doctors and scientists still do, do not know why these protein structures confuse the body into thinking they are antigens. They have no idea why. They they don't resemble viruses or bacteria. They don't resemble foreign That's bodies. That's wild. But I love the immune that. system still treats them like a threat. Yep. 
So, but only in certain people. And they don't exactly. Know why. Yeah, yeah. To have these specific allergies and reactions, there has to be a trigger point for the body to recognize it as harmful. There has right. to be a point, right? So. Um, in order for that reaction to happen, it had to have been introduced to the body beforehand for the body to put on the signal that it's bad. Do you know what I mean? Like, like at some point, it, the body must have taken it and it was okay? Is that so, what you mean? No, no, no. So, like, let's say uh, a kid eats a peanut okay. and has it goes into anaphylactic shock. Yes. Okay. The body has all, and they're like, all right, here's Johnny having his first peanut. And then he goes into anaphylactic right. shock. Um, at one point, Johnny's body has already identified peanuts as harmful. Before he had the peanuts? Exactly. Even though he may have ingested it for the first time, arguably. Okay. So somewhere genetically, his body right. has identified that as a harmful thing. Right. So one of the proposed theory of how allergies began or begin in a body, um, it has to do with the allergen entering the body the wrong way. Okay. So a uh, theory <laughs> up the butt. Up the, here, Johnny. Here's a peanut. Oh, no. <laughs> Why that voice? I don't know. It's it so voice. much worse. Hey, Johnny. No, here's no, a no, peanut. No, no, more rasp is not better. <laughs> the more rasp, the creepier. Hey, Johnny. Here's a peanut. Mike Wazowski. Mike Wazowski. At supper tonight, I said something about Mike Wazowski, and Harrison was like, "Don't say that." I was like, what do you mean? He's like, I don't like that word. Oh, Mike like, what Wazowski. Word? And he was like, Wazowski. <laughs> it was one of the funniest things he's ever said. I don't like that word. What word? Wazowski. I love it. What did you? I love it. Um, so yeah, the allergens uh, entering the body the wrong way. So okay. one proposed is through the skin. Oh. So minuscule food, blah, 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 food particles, interesting, particles, um, <laughs> are constantly floating around the air at any given time. Uh, food particles are floating? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, I mean, obviously when you're eating. Right. Uh, and can enter the body through skin if there is a dysfunction in the skin barrier due to something like eczema. I see. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's interacting with our immune system in a way in which it is not supposed to. Okay. We are not meant to get food allergens to come in through our skin or through the environment. It just makes sense. Yeah. So when immune cells in the skin in encounters the antigens, they recognize that they are foreign and in the wrong place. Right. This ultimately signals the immune system to produce antibodies for it. Mm -hmm. Once the food is finally ingested the right way through the mouth, the body's IgEs, which I'll explain in a second, will recognize it as a threat and attack it. Okay. Causing the allergic reaction. So that's one theory. Because it came through the skin first. So then when you ingest it, it's like, nope, got to go. Exactly. So okay. like when Johnny first has his peanut. Um, You're the worst. I am the worst, Burr. Uh, it... He actually may have experienced it through eczema as a very, very young baby. <laughs> so weird. Just rubbing a peanut on dry skin. <laughs> That's one of the five forms of torture that the yeah. uh, police are doing. <laughs> they just put a black coat over the kid's face. Does that have to be a kid? A child? No. Eczema? <laughs> eczema. <laughs> All right, gotta go. Um... So that's one theory. Okay. Okay. So when someone is first exposed to an allergen... <laughs> so that's Jeff's first theory. <laughs> Tell us another of your theories, Jeff. Doctors don't know why this is, but here's my first theory. Yeah. If you rub a, rub a peanut on your eczema, <laughs> when you eat that same peanut, your body rejects it. 
And if you're from the Southern Shore <laughs> and you wipe a shellfish on <laughs> Then your father says, don't you be wasting that scallop. Put it in the pot. <laughs> and then he eats it orally and then... And then he gets an allergy. Yeah. Yeah. I think we just discovered it. Yeah. So when someone uh, is first exposed to an allergen, their lymphocytes create a bunch of antibodies called immunoglobin E. I-G-E. So everyone has IgEs, and when they attach to the surface of certain immune cells, those cells then release enzymes that help fight infections. Okay. Just part of the immune system. It's all part of a defense system put into place to protect us from parasitic worms and bacterias. So it's kind of the, you know, natural selection kind of thing. Yes. So when an allergic person's lymphocytes are faced with an allergen, their immune system and their cells freak out and they overproduce these enzymes, causing the symptoms of an allergic reaction. It is this immune system's reaction that causes our allergic reactions and symptoms such as runny nose, itching, watery eyes, hives, and even as severe as the swelling of the airways restricting breathing. The severity of these reactions obviously comes from a wide variety of factors. In some people, the histamine enzyme can be produced. Don't start me on histamines. Listen, I'm going to say this once, but I'll probably say it 17 (laughs) more times. I finished my research for allergies and then spent about 45 minutes researching histamine. Right. And there are four different – I'm not even going to get into it. But I want to do a a whole topic on histamine just because of us. (laughs) We've told that story, I think. We have. Yeah. So anyways, histamine dilates blood vessels and increases mucus production, allowing infection-fighting cells to travel in an affected area. We know this. Histamine causes congestion. Yes. Right? So some immune cells in people can release an enzyme called triptase or triptus. Who's to say? Sounds like a Pokemon. Yeah. Triptase, I choose you. <laughs> anaphylactic. <laughs> his, his extra special move is anaphylactic shock. <laughs> he's, like magic, lightning coming yeah. out. <laughs> he's like magic curve. It's just like he just falls down and starts flailing. <laughs> <laughs> splash, magic carb, splash. <laughs> <laughs> on the bottom of the Game Boy Color, <laughs> Magikarp has gone into anaphylactic. <laughs> Anyways, it is linked to the worst reaction you can have in allergies, anaphylactic shock. Okay. That's shocking us joking about that. It really is. It's an overload of histamine and triptase can cause your blood pressure... <laughs> It can cause your blood pressure to plummet. Uh, then the bronchial tubes constrict, making it harder to breathe. And in some cases, the throat can actually swell, uh, cutting off air supply altogether. Which is insane. Which is insane. We now know what allergies are, obviously. Unfortunately, we still don't know why we actually have allergies. We don't know right. what biological trait it is. We do know, though, that allergies have a genetic component to them. Okay. Studies show that if you suffer from allergies, there's a 33% chance that your kids will develop allergies as well. And if both parents have allergies, the risk jumps to 70%. Mm. They do not necessarily inherit the same allergy, but more so they may develop their own. Could be the same, could be different. Right. They're just compromised, and Darwin is like, well, we should get you off the planet. You got to go now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, So allergies have also been on the rise consistently since the 1980s. Reports of food allergies in kids in the U.S. increased by 20% from 97 to 2007. You know why? Um, nuclear reactor. That's exactly right. It's um, what? What's the name of it? Chernobyl. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to say Chernobyl. I was like, you know why? 
don't I can't remember the name of it. I a can't nuclear power plant. Nuclear reactor <laughs> exploding. If Russia, eighties. Uh, no, <laughs> Couldn't think of it. Death. Maybe. Could be a thing. Uh, just to confirm, remember how I said Catherine's stepfather John? He did work in a nuclear power plant. I in talked Ontario. to him about it. Did you? I did. Nice. Yes. Yeah. Uh, during Easter, <laughs> Jesus has risen. Nuclear power plant. <laughs> so <laughs> that's what it would take to make it rise again. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> So studies are showing many different variations and reasons as to why this might be. Okay. Some studies show that uh, pollution is causing allergic asthma, which can cause shortness of breath and wheezing. In one study, researchers actually found there were lower cases of allergies in what was known back then as East Germany versus the more developed West Germany. Oh, Industrial Revolution styles. Mm. In 1989, there was a theory called microbial mycope. Lord Dying. I think Jupiter. microbial was right. Microbial. Microbial. Yeah, yeah there's okay. no R at, at Briel. It's I see. Beal. Microbial. Okay. Deprivation. Uh, like Jessica Beal. Yeah. <laughs> like what? Jessica Beal. <laughs> Microbial. <laughs> it's her second child. <laughs> Come here, baby micro. <laughs> he kept his, her last name, of course. Yes, yes, of yeah. course, obviously. So microbial deprivation. This model suggested that the modernized world is just too clean. Right. With new scientific discoveries and understanding of viruses and bacteria, the upcoming generations are more stringent on washing hands, cleaning, and the well-known sanitization. Hashtag COVID. Hashtag COVID. We know that... <laughs> you can't speak. I did that one on purpose. Oh, 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 oh. Catherine listens to Open Line from 9 to 12 every day. And they all say Kovic? People call it Kovic. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. Of course they do. Mm-hmm. We know that allergies are highest among those who live in wealthy, developed countries and in urban areas, regardless of race or sex. Interesting. Yeah. So because they are not exposed to as many parasites, uh, bacteria, or viruses, they are not getting exposed to what is called benign exposure. Okay. The hypothesis suggests that this benign exposure helps balance out the immune system, giving it something to fight. Right. It's like when you get a shot for a virus, they give you a little bit of the actual virus, make your body fight off at the amount that you can, and then you can actually fight it off. Um, In a way. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, no. That's not what this is talking about. I'm going to talk about that in a second. That's immunotherapy. Oh. That's something a little bit different. Oh. Um, that is a valid thing, but that's well, I not what I thought you were saying, is. if you're like living out on a farm, you're exposed <clears> to like pig shit on your hands and you didn't get to wash it. Yeah. Therefore, your body learns how to fight off whatever bacteria is in the pig shit. Yes. So that's different from microdosing on a vaccination. I mean, kind of. but in, I mean, it's the same principle, same I guess. Same principle. But what you get a little is, bit of the bacteria, yes, but you can what, fight it off. But what this theory is alluding to, and what, what I'm going to say now, is that there aren't enough pathogens to attack. Right, so because they aren't attacking certain pathogens, that it just overreacts and attacks harmless things. Oh, so they're bored. The uh. immune, they, honestly, the white blood cells are bored. But they're sitting there being like, "Boys, what is on the go? What can we attack?" And they're yeah. like, "There's a peanut. Get them! <laughs> Get the peanut!" You know? <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of you know, idle hands make the devil's work. Right. Right. Um, so studies actually back this up. 
So children who go to daycare and are exposed to more bacteria and parasites are less likely to develop allergies than those who are not. My kids are screwed. Mm-hmm. Another studies show that children who grow up on farms, like you said, and, and just smear pig shit all over them, had regular contact with animals and drank unpasteurized milk before the age of seven are also less likely to develop allergies. Okay. This correlation of a society void of microbes has led to the experimental form of treatment called Helminth theory. Okay. This is this one's not the lunch. Helminth, like mayonnaise? No, Helminth. Okay. Like, like uh, creme de menthe. Kind of, or like you go down to hell and, and the devil's like, want a mint? Uh, they are parasitic worms. I know we're in hell, but your breath really stinks. <laughs> this is my hell here. <laughs> Um, so they are parasitic worms. Oh no! Like hookworms. No. That people deliberately infest themselves with to no. ease their allergy symptoms. No. As gross as it is, studies show that it actually worked. It gets rid of their allergies. Patients infected by the worms needed less medication than those who were not. Yeah, but they also died. Of course, <laughs> it led to other symptoms like gas, upset stomach, and diarrhea. But you know, pick your battles. <laughs> Sure. But the theory is is that your immune system is too busy fighting off the parasite. So when it introduced peanuts, it's like But we don't shit. we don't got time. We got we don't got time for yeah. that. Yeah. But that's the theory behind it is yeah. that your body's not exposed to enough stuff. Right. So it just attacks meaningless things. Right. Right? It's such an interesting theory. And somehow they got it to make sense. Right. The FDA didn't approve it in a lot of Western countries, but a lot of Eastern countries they use it. Right. So what is good? Is that we do not know the antigenic, sorry, we do know the antigenic proteins that are actually causing the allergic reaction in most foods. Okay. So, uh, for instance, in eggs, yeah. there are four different antigenic proteins in the egg whites. Right. And three in the egg yolks. Okay. Which means if someone is allergic to one of the antigenic proteins in the whites, they may be perfectly fine eating the yolk. Sounds complicated, though. How do you just get the yolk out? Oh, oh, I mean, you could use a like a turkey baster. Oh yeah, yeah. Or like a or like a a knife. A, or like a strainer, like a colander. Would that work? I wonder with a yolk colander. Yeah. No. Why the yolk would go through that as well? Maybe. Not sure. Um, but this means if uh, blah, 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 blah. so in certain instances, sorry, depending on which antigenic protein they're actually allergic to, certain conditions like heat and cooking will change the protein just enough that the body no longer recognizes it as a threat. I mean, so, so don't eat raw eggs is what you're saying. <laughs> no. So hear this. There are some people. Hear this. Hear, hear, I'm Jeff Sims. Hear, hear this. <laughs> Can that be my new slogan? I really want it to be. Hear this with Jeff Sims. Spit off podcast. <laughs> um, I'm here for it. So there are some people, i.e. my other godson, James, my nephew, yep. who are allergic to eggs. Right. But if you cook the egg in a muffin or a cookie. Wait. Oh, yeah. Okay. Don't go on. The antigenic protein changes enough and they can actually eat it. Okay. Yeah. So, not a fried egg, though. No. So if he like scrambles eggs, can't eat scrambled eggs. But if you cook it in a muffin, for some reason, the heat required to make and bake the, the muffin is enough to change the antigenic protein so his body doesn't recognize it. Got you. So he actually passed the muffin test. They sat down and asked him, do you know the muffin man? <laughs> and he said, who lives on Jury Lane? Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, she's married to the muffin man. 
The Muffin Man. The Muffin Man. Hear this. Hear this. Uh, there are also more traditional methods yes. of treating allergies like immunotherapy, like okay. what you mentioned. So this works by changing the way your body actually responds to allergens. Right. Once or twice a week over the course of a year, a patient is injected with some doses of the allergen. Okay. Because the exposure is so low, the immune system gradually stops responding. Right. The IgE antibodies. Uh, instead, it starts to respond with IgG. I, sorry, IgG antibodies okay a different type of antibody right another more common antibody that fights chronic infections right so these iggs do not bind with immune cells first like histamine so they don't produce these kind of reactions instead they bind to the antigen itself and neutralizes it directly okay like it would a virus yeah exactly right so to treat more severe allergies researchers are looking into anti IgE immunotherapy, uh, which directly blocks the production of IgE altogether and just takes it straight out of the equation. Okay. Yeah. Um, which would so, like, just don't fight it because it's not a thing you need to fight. Exactly. Right. Yeah. But obviously, though, IgE is used for other things as well. So, like, it may be problematic. It could be. Right. Uh, but that's why they're working on it now. Uh, another op- uh, option is the avoidance diet. If you're allergic to it, don't eat it. Don't friggin' eat it. Stay away from it, old man. Fair point. But it's hard to stay away from pollen. Well, you can be a loser and just stay inside. Good. Mm. COVID. Um, I um, am allergic. I got the allergy test like, I don't know, five years ago, maybe. Really? Like, yeah, the, with the little pricks on the little arm. They put, they put all the letters. Yeah, like yeah. F for feathers, C for cat, whatever. Um, D for dog. And uh, my big ones were dust. H for hear this! <laughs> <laughs> um... Uh, my big ones were dust. Uh, feathers was a big one, and I was sleeping on a feather pillow at the time. Ooh, yep. Mm. Um, but yeah, dust, feathers, and pollen were my big ones. Uh, and horses, strangely enough. Ah, oh, that is strange. Yep. Now yep. I'm never around horses, but no. if I am, <laughs> it's gonna flare up. Yep. Uh, so allergies and sensitivities are very different things. Uh, So, for instance, things like celiac disease, lactose intolerance may at a glance seem similar to allergies, but because the immune system is not involved, they are not considered allergies. Because it's your, like, your uh, um, intestines and stuff that can't Your body is reacting to it, but it's it's not, your immune immune system system. isn't doing it. So it's not in your digestion system. It could be whatever. Right. Whatever it is, but your immune system is not involved. So they're called insensitivity, or sorry, sensitivities or intolerances. (laughs) Insensitivities. They just really don't care. (laughs) (laughs) They're totally insensitive. Come on in, boys! (laughs) Hear this! Um... So I was going to dive into celiac disease. I was going to touch into... Um, but that's not an allergy. You just told me. No. I was, yeah. I was going to talk about lactose intolerance, but I was like, you know what? It's not an allergy. They deserve their own topics. They do. So maybe we should touch on that another time. I think we should. I think we should as Didn't well. Didn't someone ask us about celiac disease at one point? They did. Someone asked us to touch on celiac disease, and that's where it spawned the topic of allergies oh, and, and about your body responding to things. that them is- and went on to allergies instead. No. Well, yes. But... I was planning on doing it all, and I realized oh, allergies too much. allergies merited its own topic. Yep. topic as do as does. I like um, that. Yeah, and you you've described why it's different than an allergy. Yeah, so we're gonna come back to that. Hey, we've got forty seven years of this to do, so we've yeah. got to keep it. We going. gotta we we gotta start pumping the brakes a bit. Yeah, yeah, we're getting. 
too much information. Yeah, so like maybe we should just start doing like one episode every two weeks. No, 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 no. We'll keep there the would consistency be public, of the episodes. There would be public outcry. Oh, yeah, people would start Molotov cocktailing us. Us? No, 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 not us. Like, each other. No, well, yeah, they'd be upset of our decision as a podcast to... Well, yeah, right, maybe. So they just kill this, like, we want it once a week or not at all. We want more! <laughs> we want more! Well, hear this! Well, everyone, hear this! We're not going anywhere, it's a weekly explain, and that's what you're getting, and that's what we're staying with. Yeah, so deal with it. F***ers. <laughs> So now it's time for our favorite time of the evening, Evan. Are you ready? Yep. It's true and false time. I love me some true and false. True and false. It's true and false time. All right, Evan. Are you ready for some true and false? I've never been so ready in my whole life for some true and false. Here we go. Question number one. Mm. 54% of people suffer from allergies around the world. I'm going to say more than that. So false? False. Because there's more? Yep. You're right and you're wrong. The answer is false. But it's less. But it's 40%. Oh. But the number is consistently on the rise. Oh. Hmm. Yeah, I would have thought the majority of people. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, because I mean... When I did the test, I was allergic to cats, but I'm not allergic to cats. Like, I went in house sat for Dana, and she has two cats, and we slept with the cats. I cuddle the cats. I go to friend's house. I have zero reaction at all. Interesting. Maybe you need to rub the cat's hair on your eczema. (laughs) (laughs) Peanuts? Yeah, some cat fur for you, kid. Nope. Next. Number two. Humans have almost... 10 billion kinds of antibodies. That seems like a lot. So I feel like you're intentionally making me want to say false. But if I say false, it's actually because it's more than that. I'm gonna well, say the, answer, the, the question is whether or not it's true or false, not why it's true or false. No, I know. But I feel like you have like cryptic, you lead me in a way and then, and then mess me up. I'm going to say false. Mm, it's true. Motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> If you're going to get wet, you might as well get soaked. Oh, well, who's going to do? I got my white t-shirt on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or you do, anyway. Hear this. <laughs> Number three. Eight foods account for 90% of all food allergies. Mm. Oh, yeah, that sounds true. But it might be like seven. I'm going to say true. The answer is true. Yeah. It's time for a bonus point. I, have I will them. take away one of your incorrects. The second one you got incorrect, I'll take that away if you can name all eight. <gasps> okay. Yep. Uh, peanut butter. Yep. Or well, peanut, peanuts. Yep. Okay. Um, shellfish. Yep. Is that one whole thing? Yep. Uh, strawberries. Mm. Oh. So can I still name all eight? Yeah, let's try. Okay. Let's not make a meal out of it, but okay. let's keep going. Um, uh, okay. More things people are really allergic to. So we got peanuts foods. and shellfish. Come on, bye. Uh, you told me gluten's not an allergy. Ah, uh, but wheat. Yeah, wheat is considered one. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Um, I'm gonna say. I feel like there's a really like obvious one. 
that I'm I'm missing. Yes. Mm, like honey? I don't know why I'm thinking honey. I don't know why you're thinking honey either. Okay, I'm going to tell you. Okay. So we have peanuts, yep. shellfish, wheat, normal fish. Oh, yeah. Not the same. Yeah. Milk. Right. Eggs. Oh, so being being um, so, lactose intolerant is actually is it's very different. So there are people who will drink milk and go into anaphylactic shock. Ew. There are people who are lactose intolerant and like get a bad belly and have to rage and shits. Right. There's a very big difference. There is. Yeah. One thing you can't take in anything. The other thing is coming right <laughs> out of you. Out. <laughs> one latch closes, the other one opens. <laughs> um, Says uh, God. Yeah. Tree nuts. Which I don't think you would have ever gotten. Nuts, I should have, I guess. But, well, peanuts, yeah. but you know, th- but tree nuts. Okay. Eggs. Mm. Soy. Ah. Yeah. So there you're. You're eight. Okay. Number four. Roughly one thousand Americans a year die from allergy-related deaths. Seems like a lot, but there's also a lot of people in the states. Also. We're going to need to do a montage of me burping while talking. Because it is insane Tonight. how often it happens. Tonight was a lot. You've burped a lot, buddy. I can't help it. It's well, the beer. It's the beer. It's the kitty video. I should start drinking the wine. You know what? There was a period where I did start drinking wine because of that, I think. Because you burped. I think like episodes like 15 onward in season one, I stopped drinking beer. I just like to change it up. Wine makes me relaxed and like, ooh, cozy. Yeah. Beer makes me like, hear this. Maybe I should start drinking like spirits <laughs> no bye you'll start fighting me <laughs> no like actual spirits like the dead <laughs> kalima <laughs> answer the question roughly 1000 americans yeah, a true. year false more only about 150 oh yeah so it's because you said Americans. I was like, there's so many Americans. There's so many Americans. And they all a thousand are, isn't even enough. They all just die. <laughs> <laughs> Wolf. Gotta go. So you're 50%. So number five, the IgEs in the body produced by allergens are their highest levels up to the age of 10, but can drop drastically by the age of 30. I don't understand the question, Jeff. <laughs> so the IgEs, the immunoglobin E's, so help me. they're the antibody things. Okay. They, that are produced by the allergens are at their highest levels up to the age of 10, so in youngsters up to 10, but drop off drastically by the age of 30. Meaning you're most susceptible to get an allergy before you're 10. Uh, susceptible like de- de- develop, to get, de- develop, develop and have up to the age of 10, and then most likely to get rid of after the age of 30. It'll go away. Could saying. go away, yeah. Or you won't develop a new one or whatever. Sure, yeah, yeah. Um, the antibodies are no longer produced, yeah. Hmm. It's not true in my case, because I was older than 10 when my allergies started. So I'm going to say false. The answer is true. Ah, shit. So a lot of people will have allergies as children, Mm -hmm. and then when they're older, they can actually eat certain things and do certain things. Oh. Yeah. So number six, the statement, warning, a walk in the grass could turn you vegan. What's the question? That's it. It's a statement. Warning, a walk in the grass could turn you vegan. I don't know what you want me to say. True or false? Is that a true statement or a false statement? That walking in the grass could turn you vegan? Yeah. That's a false statement. What do you mean? (laughs) I mean, I guess it was a loaded question a little bit. The answer answer I'm looking for is true. 
What do you mean? Scott Commons at the University of Virginia has shown that certain tick bites can cause the immune system to produce antibodies to alpha-gal, a carbohydrate in beef, pork, and lamb. These antibodies can induce allergic reactions to meat. I don't accept that as an answer. Okay. Because it's one guy's Well, deal with Scott. (laughs) (laughs) Number seven. In 2011, Barack Obama's administration signed an act making it federal law to not have public use stock of epinephrine pens or EpiPens at public schools. If someone has a severe allergy, they are expected to provide their own EpiPen and care for it themselves. This was to decrease potential recreational use of the drug by students who did not need it. True. False. (laughs) Swing and a miss. (laughs) Swing and a miss. Um, Although, actually, people fake allergy or allergic reactions to get a shot of epinephrine. Right. Um... The actual exact opposite happened. At some point in the Barack Obama administration... They were like, we need to supply them. They stocked schools with... That checks out. With epinephrine pens that the kids couldn't couldn't afford them or whatever. Yeah, but also, like, what if a kid in kindergarten had an unrealized allergy? Right. And they went out and got, like, a peanut off their arse. couldn't be responsible for carrying around their epipen because they're four and a half. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So... Yeah, that checks out. There you go. Sorry, bud. Um, Number eight. The sixth leading cause of chronic illness in the U.S. are allergies. Or is allergies. Chronic illness. Chronic illness. Like, I can't go to work today. I've got a chronic illness. Not necessarily. Sixth leading cause of chronic illness. Mm, I'm going to say false. True. What? What are the top five? I don't have them. Do your work, Jeff. You do your... (laughs) Hear this! I really wanted to use that as an episode title when you said it first. And now I feel like we've said it too much that we can't do it. Go f*** yourself. (laughs) You hear me now. And you you hear me now. (laughs) Number nine. Roughly 10% of the population have an allergy to penicillin. How much percent? Uh, Roughly 10 I don't, I don't like these questions because it's like it might be five or it might be 15. Sure. Am I a jerk or am I not a jerk? Answer is definitely true for that question. Mm. Um, but for the roughly 10%, I'm going to say true. It is true. Well done. That is also a, an, that is incredibly problematic. I would imagine. Yeah. Number 10. So the guy who invented penicillin was like, I've solved everything. And then like 10% of the population was like, wait, I'm still going to die. He's like, I can't help you. Yeah. Natural selection. I've done my best. <laughs> Anaphylactic, go. Here's a peanut. <laughs> Rub it on your dry skin. <laughs> <laughs> you Jarvis. <laughs> <laughs> Wipe this peanut in your skin, you Javis. For those who don't know, go, what is it? Is it a Newfoundlander one? I don't know. I, I think he's a Newfoundlander. He, he, it's, a, <laughs> it's a video on YouTube of a fox, right? <laughs> yeah, it's a fox snaggle tooth or snaggle eye. <laughs> no, yeah, it is Newfoundlander. Yeah. What does he ca- What happens? There's a fox, and he's trying to like feed him a bit of meat. Here, take that, you Jarvis. Yeah. He goes, oh look, a snaggle puss or snaggle eye. No, snaggle. Yeah. 
Snaggles up and he goes, take that, you Javis. It's so good. <laughs> oh, it's great. I'm going to go watch that. We couldn't find it for so long. Anyway. But then we found it. We'll find it and share it on our Facebook. And we will. Great. Great. So question number 10. One in 23 million people have an allergy to water. Such people have to take extreme measures, such as limiting showers to less than a minute and only drinking carbonated water in order to avoid extreme reactions to this common element. One in 23 million. Yes. Like, think of how extreme that is. I still think it's false. It's true. Jeff! I'm sorry, buddy. That's okay. It's true. Uh, I'm not going to go back and see how you did, but I'm just going to say, you sucked. I think I got two? No, you, you did more than two, but I think you got three. Like, I, I don't think you got 50%. I definitely did not. No. But anyways, that's a little bit true and false. So there's your true and false segment. Your true and false time. Well, thank you, Jeff. That was discouraging, to say the least. Yes, today's episode was um, unfortunate in many, <laughs> in many perspectives. Today's episode was brought to you by the color purple, <laughs> not the musical, the actual color. Yeah. This episode was brought to you by the color gray, <laughs> which is my emotions right now. And the number three. Ah ah ah. Remember that from Sesame Street? <laughs> One bat. Ah ah. Two bats. That was two us. Gotta go. Anyways, <laughs> thanks for joining Zero us. Zero fucks. Ah, ah, ah. Is what I give. <sighs> so many bleeps. But that's okay. Do you know why? Why, Jeff? This is our podcast. We're PG-14 now. We've, oh. We've upgraded. We've upgraded. Yeah. Gotta take Which, that upgrade. Like, it actually is a rating, right? PG-13 and PG-14 are different, right? Uh, that's, that's a 14A. It goes PG-13 to 14A. Right. So what happens between 13 and 14 that makes you more mature? Is that is like... No, no, no. PG is parent guidance, accepting up to 13. 14A no, means no, no. you have to be accompanied there's by an PG, adult. There's PG, but there's yeah. also PG-13. Yeah, yeah. So PG is just... Parental so, guidance. And it's then, a D- Disney movies, basically. Yes, and then PG-13 is like parental guidance, but like you should be 13. Right. I think 13, 14A is like you need to be accompanied. A means accompanied. I understand this. But, like, why can't the 13-year-old be accompanied? Like, what happens between 13 and 14? Puberty. <laughs> well, Evan, there are... Arguable for certain people. Some people are earlier, some people are later. There are birds and there are bees. <laughs> and if you rub them on your skin, you'll be allergic to both of them. <laughs> All right. Let's get this... Show off the road. <laughs> There's our title. (laughs) Yeah. If you can't laugh. Anyways, thank you for tuning into this episode. We hope you enjoyed it. As always, please hop onto our Facebook page or Instagram page. Like, share, comment. Let us know what you think. Uh, But shout us from the hill. And rate and review. We've said it before in this episode. We'll say it again. Get off your holes. (laughs) No, we can't say that. No, get off your high horse. Your high horse holes. (laughs) You want a peanut? (laughs) (laughs) no all right if you have a topic that you would like explained please email us at info.splainin at gmail.com we hope you learned something this week and if you did not i'm not sure i'm honestly not sure there's always next week (laughs) but at this rate there might not be (laughs) (laughs) Got some straight in
If you have a topic, tell your mother, because we don't give a damn. <laughs> <laughs> Buy some. If 